Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. New Year Back to Basics edition. Tell us about that, Quint. What in the world? All right, last year around this time, at the request of a very good friend of mine who actually coined the phrase that we use at the end of every episode, Jonathan Pointer, he said, you know, love the podcast, but, that's a preface, yeah. right? Hate love the that. podcast, <laughs> but, uh, you know, some of these things, they just don't apply to me. It'd be nice if you could go back to the basics, which sparked me to go, you know, that's a great idea. We're that's coming true. into the new year. That was last year. We were just talking about that not long ago, too, because we'll be like, should you be in the 403B or the 457 and blah, 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 and the Roth and blah, blah, blah. And some people are like, what They're is like, going I'm on? I'm just trying to pay off my credit card. <laughs> so, yeah, the reality is, and we could have just replayed last year, but we've got some new voices, Allie being one of them. And so I wanted to kick off this year with a series of Back to the Basics. And all, all we're doing is outlining some of the steps that are found in the book, DIY Money, which I think is like 10 bucks on Amazon. So buy yourself a copy. Uh, it's an easy read. I think it's something like 60 pages. I probably need to expand upon. The second edition is due. Need to need to expand upon. Maybe, maybe it's co-authored You know what you time. need in the DIY Money book? What? Some pictures. Mm. Well, picture book. Picture book. How about that? Mm. Uh, coloring book as well? Maybe you color it in. The... On the margins? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> We ought to file that on the educational, too, oughtn't we? All right. Uh, so we're going to do a series of episodes going back to the basics. Uh, and again, regardless of where you are on the journey, it's always nice to have a refresher course. So here's the deal. I want to tell you my personal story about this, uh, and this is what really kicked off my whole personal finance journey. I was early in my uh career, just starting the business, was around 2001, 2002, on my own, starting a business in the financial advisory world. The problem was, and I and I knew this, I felt this, and I couldn't live with this, was I was being a hypocrite. I was trying to advise people on their assets and their investments. I wanted them to trust in me and my services, but I was in debt, and I was running out a month before running out of money. So I was I was not living a successful personal finance life. Now the irony is, and I always encourage people as they're vetting a financial advisor is to inquire as to their own personal finances because you wouldn't believe the amount of people who do this business on the regular and do not live a personal finance type of life that is uh, worthy of people giving them their resources. So nonetheless, I went on this journey and I said, okay, I have got to get everything sort of in order in my own personal finance life. And I knew just like anybody that started with a budget. I needed to get on a budget. Dun, 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 dun. The that pro- the, I that's hope it. that's the sound effect. Dun, maybe, dun, you dun, dun. Just, maybe you should just do our sound effects from we now get on. Get a third mic. I can do them over while, while producing. No problem. Flip, flip, so I sat down. I remember this like it was yesterday. I had a townhome, two-floor townhome. I was on the first floor. I had this like little recliner in front of a TV. And I sat down with a notebook, and I started to write out what I thought would be my budget. Now, 
I had a mortgage. I had bought a townhome. This is at the time you could put 2% down. And anyways, it was ridiculous. But I had bought a townhome, so I had a mortgage. I had a car payment, had a couple credit cards, had a cell phone. I had all these fixed expenses that I knew of that I immediately started writing down. And then I got to things like groceries, utilities, et cetera. Now, this was before the time of being able to log into your bank account. You'd have to actually have paper statements. So, you know, this wasn't, you weren't logging in, looking at your previous year's history and transactions, et cetera. No way. So I started to do this and, and I got to things like, again, groceries. And I was like, I, I don't know. I'd try to look back at my checkbook and see what I spent. I had no idea over the course of a month. So I maybe wrote in a number, you know, $200 or something. And then I got to like eating out and entertainment. And I, I, I got discouraged. I did. I was like $300. And I, and I kind of wrote these things in and, and then I kind of calculated, okay, this is what I'm making. Now, mind you, I was starting a business. So my income was pretty erratic. So I, I kind of got to this point. I was like, okay, if I'm bringing in this amount a month and then I, I have this budget. Why am I running out of money before running out of month? Because clearly this looks perfectly fine. And I got so discouraged because I knew those numbers were just made up that I just, I gave up. I set it down. And again, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was an active runner. This is pre-marriage. I ran all the time, multiple times a day if I got frustrated with something. So I put it down and I was like, I'm going for a run. And I went for a run, and I was really annoyed because I was like, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to get on a budget. Everybody says you got to get on a budget. I don't know how to get on a budget. And as I was running, it dawned on me that in order to get on a budget, create a budget, I had to know where all of my dollars were going. Now, the irony is, and probably the greatest thing about this is, I was one or two days before the start of a new month. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to be something I'm going to sit down and just write up. I'm going to have to start to create this. It's going to be an evolutionary thing. And so when I came down, I got a new notebook. And starting on the first day of the month, I started to write down every dollar I spent. Now, remember that entertainment amount that I said? I thought I spent like maybe $200 or something going out to eat. Within the first 10 days, I had spent $200. I realized it usually goes. <laughs> I realized very quickly where my money was going. Oh, yeah. Now, there was two things that happened in that early days, in those very early days, 10 to 15 days into the month. There was two things that happened. One, I was sickened by the realization of where my money went. I was disgusted by it. And it, and it created immediate change of habits, immediately. Number two, I started to sort of look ahead to the next month and say, oh, no, I'm capping this. Meaning, even though by day 10 I had exceeded $200 in my Audi, you know, eating out, I think I resolved in my brain, okay, my monthly cap is 200 Like. I, even though it was this evolutionary psychology process, like maybe it's $200. Holy crap, I'm 10 days in, it's over $200? No, going forward, it is $200. And what that did was it started me down a path to actually budget. The actual verb of budgeting, like like to actually live within those means and then create, okay, that means approximately $50 a week. 
so that if somebody asks me on Thursday night, hey, you want to go out, you know, get a couple beers or grab a pizza or whatever, I was like, well, I have this event going on Saturday, so I really can't. And I even talk about in the book how to learn how to say no. And I got to the point where buddies would call me like, hey, you know, we're going to watch the game. And I'd be like, man, I cannot. I'm broke. I'm trying to pay off debt. If you want to come over here and hang out, would love to. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Like, I'm trying to do the same thing. They weren't. I'll but save I'm just, some money, I'm too. I'm trying to do Why the same not? thing. Yeah. Let's do it. And we'd, we'd split a $5 pizza. Tell me about your journey and how you got on a budget, if you can recall. Yeah. Well, as you know, budgeting is something that I have completely nerded out about for a while. I don't remember specifically when I started budgeting, but I remember the first thing I realized is every time I heard the word budget before that, it just like scared me and sounded really restrictive because I think I approached it kind of like you were saying is like, well, if I'm not on a budget, my eating out entertainment budget is infinite. I can just do whatever I want. But once I am, now I have to look myself in the mirror and say, okay, why have you spent your entire monthly budget in 10 days? And so I quickly realized that even though, yes, it feels really restrictive at first, I actually really enjoyed it because I realized it gave me a chance to figure out what was important and then restructure so I can make those things happen. So it was close to the time I was in college. I think probably like freshman year of college, I bet I just like went to cook out every night for like three months and then was pinching pennies and probably was like, there's a problem. But it helped me realize, okay, I want to be able to go eat out with my friends. What has to give for that to happen? And so instead of approaching it as, you know, I have to nail down, I can only spend $12 this week on anything fun and I'm eating ramen the rest of the week. It became like, okay, maybe I don't care that much about paying for Netflix and I'll get rid of Netflix and that gives me a little bit more margin or in my case it was like I really want to pay off my debt because I want that freedom and so I'm okay with saying no and not eating out but it became more of a values thing to let my budget drive my values. I also want to add if you're listening to this and maybe you're brand new to DIY money and this is your first episode or maybe you've been listening for years and you aren't making the progress that you want to make. I really encourage you to do some self-reflection and ask yourself, is what you're doing working? If it is, great. Fantastic. If you're reaching your goals, if you're meeting your financial objectives, bravo to you. Bravo! But if you're not, and you're not tracking expenses and living within a budget, which ultimately as we will mention, you know, allows you to do things like put away for fast cash or emergency fund, which is the next episode, or creating margin, which is really where the magic happens, which is the third episode. The reality is if you're not doing that, you will not make progress. And if you're not making progress, maybe in the very short term, you could kind of chalk it up to be like, well, you know, it's just not my thing. I'm not going to do it, whatever. But if that goes on for years and you're not seeing the progress that you want to see, you're not where you want to be financially, you have to make a choice. Are you okay with mediocrity or are you going to finally get serious about this? I am very blessed in having started a business, having uh, capitalized on the sale of that business, 
uh, still working in that business, saving, being a lifelong investor. But to this day, our family continues to live within a budget and track every single dollar that's spent. In fact, it's moments of times of contention in our house when I go, hey, babe, you got those receipts for me? Which is probably like nails on a chalkboard for my wife because she knows that that just means I need to, you know, kind of put them in the budget and so forth. But she also knows that's what's gotten us to where we are today. So we're going to keep doing what's working. So I meet so many people out there that make a lot of money. Maybe they put a lot in their 401k. Maybe they do some things elsewhere, etc. But they're not even coming close to maximizing what they could because they refuse to get granular with it and actually track the expenses and create a budget. And what's going to happen, because we see this on the back end, those people get into retirement, that W-2 income goes away, they think that it's just going to be replicated with investments or Social Security or what have you, but they really don't know how much money they spend. And it's a very rude awakening When the W-2 income goes away, we're living on basically a fixed income that's not, you know, tied to a salary or bonus or whatever, and their job is to live within those means. And if they've never done it their whole life, I don't care how much money they've made, it can be a very difficult process to begin when you're in your mid-60s or 70s. Oh, absolutely. Because what you were saying earlier about how shocked you were by how much you ate out, that's exactly what happened to me. And very quickly, I was like, hmm. I'm cooking dinner tonight. Come over. So, (laughs) hey, the other thing that I do want to talk about a little bit is the how, because I think this is the step that's really hard. Like you can sit here and be like, okay, I'm going to get on a budget. And some people just don't work with the pen and paper approach you were talking about. What are some of the recommendations you have? Have you tried any of the apps or what are your thoughts on that? I've tried most of the apps. I personally have never found one that I've liked because it's not as customizable. Um, I ultimately gravitated very quickly to Excel spreadsheets and to this day now I still use Google Sheets. I, I think you just have to find what's right for you. And again, if you pick up a copy of the DIY Money book, I outline exactly what you should be tracking. So from the very beginning, it's kind of a messy process as you figure all this out. So literally, the process of of tracking expenses at minimum takes a 30-day to 31-day, depending on the month, Mm -hmm. process tracking every single dollar. What day, where did you spend it, how much did you spend, and what form of payment did you use? Did you use your debit card? Did you use cash? Did you use a a credit card, etc.? Now, after you begin tracking these expenses, somewhere about a week or two weeks in, what's important is to start to classify the expenses into two segments. One is fixed expenses. Those are expenses that remain fixed every single month. Things like rent, maybe if you have a cell phone bill, if you have an insurance payment, a car payment, things that are going to remain the same every single month are fixed payments. Everything else is what's called variable. They move. Sometimes they're in your control, like groceries, eating out. Sometimes they're not, like utilities. Maybe they are if you turn the temperature down, but you get what I'm saying. Some of those things you can you can look to, you know, kind of massage or cut or whatever, and we'll talk about that later on with magic in the margin. But the reality is your job is to start creating two different classifications, which are fixed 
and which are variable. Then, as the month evolves, you want to go one more step and create sort of categories that things go in. So categories can be up to you, and you can be as sort of vast with them or as narrow, in my opinion. Things like groceries. I used to put household products in groceries. It drove my wife nuts. So if we go get Tide or dishwasher soap or whatever, I would put it as part of the grocery bill. And the reason I did that is because most of the time we just shopped at Kroger and we'd get our cleaning supplies from Kroger or Walmart or whatever, and it was easy just to put it in into the grocery budget. Ultimately, however, as time went on, I would expand certain categories like diapers. We had a diaper category because we spent a small fortune on diapers. We now have a sports category. Other categories that we might have are things like utilities, auto fuel or auto gas. Uh, we have our, our utility category. We have our internet. We have, um, goodness, taxes and insurance and categories like that. This scary black bar is what you spend on things that no one ever, ever needs, like multiple magic sets, professional bass fishing equipment. That's important because as you start to actually formulate a budget, what you're going to be doing is after you make your long list of expenses for the month, you're going to classify them, fixed, variable. I like to put fixed on the top and variable on the bottom. And then you're going to go even further, and you're going to lump the various categories together. The key is, however you choose to do this, is to get a visual representation of what an average month looks like. Now, here's the crux. When you begin tracking your expenses, here's a newsflash. You never stop. You never stop. Could you imagine going into your business and asking for a raise and the manager says, well, uh, maybe, but, but I'm not sure if it's there. And, and so you go, okay, well, when you do the budget or you update the numbers, you know, let me know. And he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm not sure it's there because we don't really track it. We just kind of money comes in and money goes out. We don't really track the money. You would probably be updating your resume and leave the job. Like you would be, it would be audacious. You'd be like, are you kidding me? You text mm -hmm. your friends. They don't even track their money. That's crazy. That's how you have to operate. You are, if your last name is Smith, you are the Smith Inc. family. Allie is Howard. She's Howard Inc. You have to operate so that you know your income and your outgo. And tracking your expenses and following your monthly budget is something that you are going to be doing every day from here on out. Yes, absolutely. And one last thing I'll add, you kind of brushed over this briefly, but don't get too crazy with the categories. In my opinion, you got to keep it simple because I could have 15 different categories, but I don't need a Chick-fil-A budget. I need an eating out budget and I know I'm going to spend half of it at Chick-fil-A. That's just how it goes. <laughs> and so be try to keep things pretty simple as you're making those categories. And then the last thing I'll say to kind of wrap us up and this is kind of like a budgeting 2.0 so if you're brand new this is kind of the next step when you get those categories what you'll find is you're going to have these expenses that come up consistently that you have no idea where to put them and either it's just like random things like oh i don't buy clothes very often but this month i did that's not groceries what's going on what i did in my budget when i got to that point and this is one of the best things that i have done in the budget in my opinion is start what I call an escrow, as in setting money aside for bigger expenses later account. That's kind of like a one-year savings account. 
knowing that I'll spend it. So I don't own a home. If I did, I would put money in that as part of my monthly budget every month towards property taxes, towards insurance. The big one we just came off of this for me is Christmas. I know that when December rolls around, I'm going to spend quite a bit on Christmas. So every month I put a certain amount into that escrow. So I don't need 15 different ones to say, this is my Christmas savings. This is my insurance savings. This is my vacation savings. I just have one big bucket that I have a total amount and it's broken out within and say, okay, every month I'm going to put X amount of dollars into this bucket, knowing that in December it will be spent on Christmas. I love that. Um, there is an uh, uh, area in the book and we talk about um, annual accruals. So I call them accruals. You called it escrow, uh, however you want to call it. And I, it is imperative that that is part of your uh, part of your budget. Now, again, it is a 2.0 type of thing because what ultimately happens is you get on a budget and you're living, you know, you're kind of progressing down this path. And a few months in, you get that car registration bill and you're like, oh, my goodness. And you may have to hit your fast cash. Or you may have to hit your emergency fund because you didn't budget for that. But pretty soon as you become more of an astute budgeter, you will start to lump these things together. So, for example, in ours, I'm looking at my um, annual accruals, mm -hmm. and here are—I mean, here are the things I now have on my annual accruals. Um, once a year, I pay for an entire lawn treatment program for our year. Okay, don't judge me. Takes care of the grubs, sprays for whatever nonsense, etc. So I pay for that. I have two auto registrations. I pay for two um, uh, term life policies. I pay our property tax, our home insurance, an umbrella policy, and auto insurance. So what I have done is I have lumped all those together. I have divided by 12, and that is how much I need to be putting in an accrual account every single month. Now, you mentioned Christmas. I have another Christmas fund. I put $200 a month starting in January mm -hmm. in the Christmas account. And by November or December, it's roughly $2,400. Now, my wife starts a little early, so you know we kind of have to match it up. But that's our Christmas budget. That's for our – she pays our family pictures out of that. She does decorations out of that. She buys the gifts for the kids out of that, the teacher gifts out of that, et cetera. So it's never a surprise. Now, if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, I – I don't. I run out of month. I don't have the money. I, I, it's impossible. I don't have it. Don't get too discouraged. Start down this path because the reality is you'll possibly have to make steps in order to create margin. And again, I'm skipping ahead. That's episode three. The next episode, we're going to talk about the two most critical areas before you really start developing margin, which is fast gas and emergency fund. But there are areas and steps you can take in order to create margin in your budget. It may be increasing your income through a side hustle or an outside job. It may be cutting unnecessary expenses. But the reality is just starting the process is half the battle, and it starts with tracking your expenses. That's how you create mm -hmm. a budget. And then how much more fun is Christmas, too? When well, the money's there. And I then... put it in an account, and I told my wife to go crazy. Like, go do it. That's <laughs> Here's it. the card, honey. That's go it. Go wild. All right. Let's wrap it up. We'll come back. We'll go into fast cash and emergency fund. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. 
The only way to figure that out is to create a budget, start tracking those expenses, and when you get there, you can invest the rest, and then you can do it for a very, very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.